welcome to Become a Unique Podcast, a place where you can be well and be you. We are all about lifestyle with a focus around wellness over here. One week we may be talking about gut health and the next week we may be having a conversation about being enough. No matter what the topic, the goal is to inform you with information and tools so we can vibrate higher as our true selves. Be ready to grow in a beautiful way. Becoming Unique is a growing podcast and would love your support by following or subscribing to this podcast. In Apple Podcasts, click the plus button. Reviews are also helpful for the podcast growth. So all reviews are appreciated. And lastly, but not least, be sure to share the podcast because the best advertisement is word of mouth. So let's get started with today's episode. Hey y'all, I have an amazing episode coming to you today. Today I have the pleasure of talking to Jenna Familian Marker. And if you guys don't know what Million Marker is, you're about to find out. Now, I've had multiple episodes talking about toxins, episodes where my guests talk about toxins, but today we are going deep into toxins. We're going to really start to understand like the 101, the ABCs, you know, the true definition of BPA and um, and so much more. Like you're going to have to stay tuned to get all of the detailed information. There's so, there's so much informative information in this episode. So I highly suggest that you listen to this episode in its entirety. So let's get this show started. Today on the Becoming Unique podcast, I have an amazing guest by the name of Jenna. Welcome. Thank you so much, Unique, for having me. Oh, you're welcome. And oh my goodness, I feel like it's an honor for you to be here today. I'm just so excited to just learn so much information from you. So I guess like, let's just get right into it. So first, let's start off. You got to let everybody know who is Jenna and what is your story behind creating Million Marker that we're going to learn all about today? Awesome. Thank you again for having me. I'm just thrilled to be here. And I love the name of your podcast. And I'm sure we'll have a lot of fun. Um, okay. So all the listeners, my name is Jenna. Um, I'm an environmental health scientist and dietitian by training. Um, so I, I was in school for a long time. I, I did uh, my undergrad in nutrition. I was a dietitian for a while. Then I decided to go back to graduate school to study environmental health sciences. So I completed my BS degree, um, my master of public health, as well as PhD at UC Berkeley. After that, I completed a postdoctoral fellowship at Stanford, um, particular, uh, specifically on disease prevention. I was very frustrated by, you know, the lack of data for, of, for how harmful chemicals like BPA, phthalates, and parabens, and also how we don't have data on, um, to measure our environmental health, um, how and how our environment could impact, you know, our overall health and outcome. And also mm-hmm. the absence of like having personalized approach to, to let people know how to avoid harmful exposures. Um, so I, after my postdoc, I, you know, I felt like nobody's reading my academic papers anyway. I should do something a little more impactful. Um, mm-hmm. I also had a personal side of the story that I created Million Marker also out of a, a personal necessity. So I had a lot of fertility struggles in the last 10 years after four late stage miscarriages. The doctors could not give me an answer. Like what's causing my miscarriages at late stage? Why am I having so much trouble since I have no family history? I've done all the genetic testing, everything possible, but they couldn't give me any answer. And it was very dissatisfying. 
because I studied these chemicals, I knew they could impact fertility, could impact our overall health. When I went to the doctor asking for such a test, um, the answer they gave me was, you know, you can only do a heavy metal test. There's no other test you could do around environmental exposures. So mm-hmm. I felt this information needs to get out. Um, and, you know, pair, com, you know, pairing with my, the wall that I ran into in my academic career. Um, so I decided to create Million Markers so then, you know, we can empower everyday consumers with these mailing test kit, lifestyle audit, product recommendations and counseling. So then people have this information, they can learn what's inside of them and do something about it. Mm, uh, you know what, this is, this is so great to hear. Um, one of my guests um, said that she was a wounded warrior, which helped her in her practice, mm-hmm. um, which I've just felt was so beautiful because sometimes it takes us going through like a hurdle or a situation to really be impactful, to start to see th- something at a bigger picture and say, yes. well, now I'm learn. I'm I was able to experience my own struggle in this situation. So now I understand what I need to do and how to make something more available or information more available because I walked this struggle. So um, it sounds like you know you had to go through the struggle so you can get to the point that you're at now to start sharing this information and put the um you know million marker out there to the world so we can have access to at-home tests as well too. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, so so yeah, so it's, I, you know, especially the path I'm on, I'm always trying to see like, what's the lesson, what, what am I, what, you know, this it can't just be a struggle, what did I get out of this situation? Right. So, um, so I wanna first like, cause I love to get the ABCs of things before mm-hmm. we like jump, jump into it. So I wanna like start with the very, very bare bone basics of like, mm-hmm. what are toxins and how, you know, and where can they be found? So we hear toxins all over the place as one title, but like, what are they and where are they at? Yeah, so toxin actually have been used really widely. So, uh, you know, academic definitions for toxins. So toxins are usually people, you know, associate toxin with harmful substances. So a lot of time for toxin, the official definition is it's, it's a naturally occurring harmful substance that's within, you know, a cell or living organism. Um, but the toxins that we're actually talking about that's really harmful for human health are the synthetic toxins. And then we actually call them toxicants. Um, but like, you know, toxicant is such a mouthful. People don't really associate or don't even know what that word is about. Um, so we just like in general, we just say, okay, environmental toxin that just having both the natural stuff and also the synthetic stuff lumped it all together. Um, uh, but what we should really worry about and occurring much, much more. And then that's also where we're in contact every single day are these synthetic toxicants. Um, mm-hmm. and they can be found literally in our everyday products, plastic is a perfect example. Um, plastic, some of the chemicals that we will be talking about today, also the chemical that Million Marker is screening for are some of the plasticizer chemicals like BPA and phthalates. And they can be used up to like 80% in plastics. Um, so mm-hmm. they're like, and then they have like a ton of health impact associated with these chemicals. And these are just only a few that we're talking about the, you know, almost like the, the poster child of toxic chemicals that we're talking about. But we actually have over 85,000, you know, these synthetic chemicals in use today. We actually only have about, you know, less than 1% of these chemicals. We actually have sufficient mm-hmm. toxicity data. So for a lot of them, many of them, them are actually harmful toxicants that we actually don't even know what kind of impact they could have on human health. Mm. So I'm happy that you said that it's synthetic. So to make that clear, um, like their synthetic toxins, are there natural toxins out there in the world as well too? Yes. Okay. Now are natural toxins harmful to us? Uh, natural toxins could be harmful to us. So think about some of the mold that carries toxin. 
uh, aflatoxin, for example, if you have molded peanuts, uh, nuts, so that's all, that's harmful, right? Um, but oftentimes that those are a lot more regulated and then people are more aware of those than these synthetic toxins that we actually comes into contact much more often than the yeah. natural toxin. And I feel like in a natural, a natural toxin is just noticeable. You'd be like, mm, what's that mold? Like, you know, this is like, oh, that's not good. You know, but if I exactly. pick up a plastic water bottle, I'm like, oh, I'm drinking my water, but not thinking about the toxins that may be leaching out of the plastic from the water bottle. Exactly. Or, you know, so, um, okay. So it's also is- your, you know, it's also your personal care product. That's another, mm-hmm. like a really, really big culprit that, where these toxins are coming from, all the ingredients in some of the personal care products are, you know, pretty bad for your health. Yeah. I mean, I've had a couple of episodes where people have touched on toxins by, you know, one person said that, you know, those plugins that we plug into our walls to make our house smell great, you know, we're inhaling inhaling toxins and, you know, um, so toxins don't come in an ugly package they come in pretty packages so I just want to kind of bring that to <laughs> right. the table because sometimes we may hear toxins as it's a nasty word Ooh, toxins I don't want to mess with those but toxins like you said is everywhere and it doesn't necessarily come looking like mold it's coming in all of our everyday pretty packaging yes um, beautiful <laughs> packages and then they're also in in a way they're like invisible right so you know mm-hmm. you think you're using a natural product a beautiful packaged product but a lot of these toxins are hidden in it that you don't even know so they're like absolutely invisible yeah Exactly. And I guess we're going to start breaking them down a little bit. So um, BPA, we hear about BPA, like what is BPA and like um, where can it be found and how does it affect us? Yeah. So BPA is almost a a poster child for toxins. BPA actually has been banned um, back in 2012, 2014, when many conscious mothers demanded BPA to be banned out of their kids' baby bottle, baby bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, so BPA is a chemical, the shape of it is look a lot like body's natural hormone, estrogen. So we mm-hmm. know estrogen is like really important for both, actually male and female. And what it happened to BPA is that because the shape of BPA is very similar to estrogen, So it kind of tricks the body into thinking that there are estrogen signals being sent. So Mm -hmm. the action is once it gets into your body, it mimics estrogen. Um, And then this is also what we call like BPA or a class of chemicals like BPA, hormone disrupting chemicals, because hormone, to backtrack a little bit, hormone is actually really important for our everyday bodily function. So think about your sleep, your mood, your metabolism, like your weight, uh, your children's development, everything is dependent on hormone. And hormone acting in your body in such tiny amount, think about like say one drop of water in 25 sized, Olympic sized swimming pool. That's how much hormone that's needed in your body to cause any impact. And mm-hmm. they work in like really kind of like a symphony, you know, everything is tightly synced. So when you have something foreign comes into your body that's messing up with the signaling system, then you can just imagine there's like a whole downstream like potential impact because it's causing your hormones to go out of sync. Um, So this is why we're like really worried about it. And estrogen, you know, it's like, you think about it's like a female hormone, right? And it's like really important for normal reproductive functioning. Um, And it's, also, it's, it's important for the proper development of both like a male and female uh, because this, the estrogen signal actually directs the development of the brains, the bones, the cardiovascular system, you name it. So mm-hmm. like in human studies, what we have seen is the elevated, like high BPA levels have been associated with many health infa- uh, effects. So there's evidence suggests like BPA contribute to infertility, um, change and changes in uh, sex hormones. And also early life exposure to BPA have also been found to contribute to like hyperactivity, 
uh, we have seen like an increase in ADHD and autism in kids. And we have seen this in, even in both human and animal studies. Mm. Um, and then we also have seen, you know, B higher BPA exposures are linked to higher risk of metabolic disease like diabetes and obesity. So, um, you know, because we already know they have these impact, then by all means, we need to, we need to, you know, stop exposing ourselves to, to, to more BPA. So, uh, yeah, like this is great that you're bringing all of this awareness to us. So you said that it was banned in 2012, 2014. Is it completely banned or is it just banned in certain products? Like, how banned is it? Because <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> right, right. That's actually a really good question. I personally think BPA needs to ban everywhere, but no, exactly like you said, it's only being banned in baby products. There okay. are still many, many other products still use BPA today. Um, mm -hmm. So BPA, you can find BPA on thermal receipt. Think about your grocery store receipt, your gas station receipt. So if you can, you know, use your finger caught like scratch the receipt and have that carbon like have that line on that receipt that means it's probably coated with bpa so one tip we gave it to people is uh, don't touch receipt have your receipt email it to you and then if you absolutely have to touch receipt then you know wash your hand afterwards uh, so you don't get that exposure so people get a lot of exposure from just by touching receipts um, that's mm. one like a major culprit another one is canned food uh, even canned drinks. So if you think about, if you eat a lot of canned beans, a lot of canned food, uh, you will have some of these BPA exposure. Or if you drink a lot of like carbonated water out of a can or canned beer, you will have that exposure. Um, EU have regulated BPA in these food contact materials. And even just like last month, EU has slashed the BPA limit by almost 100,000 times uh, lower. However, mm -hmm. in the U.S., like our regulation is not as stringent as the EU. So we still have a ton of exposure. So if you don't pay attention, you will just get exposed to them. And also, um, I noticed like, you know, when you um, store, let's say your rice or your flour or like, like Tupperware in those plastic um, right. tubs, um, if you look on the bottom of them, they have like the num they have these little numbers on the bottom of them. And when I found out about, you know, like the BPA and all this stuff like a year ago or a little over a year ago, I looked on the bottom of like all my stuff and I was like, oh my goodness, like I don't remember what the numbers were. There were certain numbers to let you know if your product had BPA in it or if it was BPA free or, or whatever it was. And then I you know, turn things over. And I was like, oh my goodness, like all these Tupperware things have BPA. So then I had changed over to glass. So, oh, right. So this is why glass is also like this. Then if you're storing, let's say you take your rice out of the bag and you're storing it in like one of those big Tupperware tins. Mm -hmm. And then now your rice is constantly being leached with BPA as it's sitting there waiting for you to be use it. If you want to store things, store food and products in your home, it's great to store it in, um, in glass. That's like an alternative to using the plastic. And, you know, um, I may share like on my Instagram after this podcast comes out, like ways to like, you know, see if your plastic has the, um, <laughs> right, the, the, right. BPA, the BPA in it, because those numbers on the bottom mean something. And also, um, should we believe when packaging says BPA free? Uh, well, first of all, you're doing all the right things. Um, this, is, this is so awesome. Yes, that's one of the tips that we give it to people is, uh, you know, swap out your plastic containers to glass or stainless steel. Uh, you can also, for convenience, you can even use some of the silicone. Uh, not all silicones are created equal. We can get into that a bit, but to backtrack a bit in terms of um, BPA. So many times you can see can will be labeled BPA free. Um, mm -hmm. That's not to be completely trusted because there's no one there to regulate the BPA labeling. So it's completely up to the manufacturer, however they want to label. It could be BPA free, but it doesn't mean it's BPA alternative free. So mm -hmm. since BPA has been banned, manufacturers started using alternatives like PPS, BPF, 
Um, mm -hmm. You can literally swap out one molecule. You can change BPA from all the way from BPA all the way to BPZ. And you can even have like a combo of these letters like BPAF, BPBC. So you name it. So it's very, it's, it's a problem that we're facing to have these regrettable substitutes. So scientists now trying to urge people or urge the, uh, the policymakers to ban these chemical as a whole class. So yeah. no other, you know, these regrettable substitute will, will be used because what scientists have found is that these BPS and BPF, they just cause as much impact as BPA, if not worse. So, yeah. and then there's no way for us to know. Um, mm -hmm. But BPA is actually, so it's also a chemical, it's being used widely. They use it in cans because they can preserve food for much longer. They use it in plastic because BPA can actually make the plastic clear and shatterproof. That's why a lot of plastic container um, contains BPA for this reason. Um, mm. And one other tip we also give it to people besides you know swap out to glass containers um, or stainless steel is if you are using um, a plastic container, make sure you never ever microwave your plastic container because mm -hmm. the heat will actually increases the leaching from the BPA. And then it's just going to go into anything that comes in contact with particularly your food. Mm, okay. Yeah. We touched on some great points on BPA with bringing so much awareness to it. And there's so much more we got to touch, <laughs> touch base on. So we're going to go into the next, um, I guess toxin. You said it's called toxins. Uh, toxicant. toxicant. We can't. We can't like, say. We can't. We can't. We can't say toxins because toxic, I think it's easier for people toxic. to understand. Yeah. Okay. So the next one that we hear a lot about, like phylates. Phylates. I feel like I always say it wrong. Phylates. phylates. Yes. Yes. Phylates. Um. So like the same one down. Like, what are phylates? Where can they be found, and how does it affect us? Yeah, phthalates similar to BPA. It's another major hormone disrupting chemical. So it's actually a group of chemical have like very similar structure. Um, and they are usually used in, they're also a, one of the major plasticizer. Um, so they're at, so BPA is making the plastic shatterproof hard. Uh, phthalates is actually making the plastic flexible. Mm -hmm. So thinking about your serum wrap, um, other you know, your plastic utensil many times is actually will contain phthalates. Not only that, phthalates are also used in personal care products. So anytime that you can, you, you, if you read your product label, ingredient label, anytime, whenever, uh, you know, there's a fragrance used in a product, most of the time it will contain phthalates because phthalates actually making that fragrance that really beautiful smell stick mm -hmm. onto your body for much, much longer time. Mm -hmm. And the issue with phthalates is that phthalate blocks testosterone. Uh, so it really impacts, disrupts the androgen signaling. So that means it can impact testosterone levels or change how the body uses testosterone. So a lot of study in humans as well as in animals have shown that that male babies, when they exposed to phthalates, will have reduced level of testosterone, and then they, obviously then they have increased the risk to for the changes to the external genitalia, um, and including like now we have seen that there's like a huge decrease in male sperm quality and sperm count, and the phthalates have been blamed to be the culprit because there's like so much exposure over the last like fifty years. Mm. Wow. Okay. I'm learning, learning, learning. Um, now you said it can be found in saran wraps and um, things that make plastic softer. And yes. also with um, holding the scent on a perfume and also phylates may be in a lot about, you know, may not just be perfume. Like I don't use perfume, but if you're using a scented soap or a body wash, oh, yes. Or lotion, it may be located right. in those too. Um, are there any other like key everyday items that we should be mindful of that phylates uh, may exist in? Yes. So you can think about all the personal products that you're using. I think one good tip for people to start thinking about avoiding these things, like think about which personal care product that you use every single day and then using pretty significant amount. 
like for me, like when I started sort of my, my detoxing journey, learning about this is, you know, I wash my hair every day and I use a big blob of shampoo and conditioner. Um, mm-hmm. That would be like the first place I would check. And then making sure that your shampoo and conditioner does not contain fragrance as one of the ingredients, because that's almost like a code for phthalates. And also mm-hmm. opting for fragrance-free because manufacturers have started using other ambiguous words like aroma. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's just like the same as, you know, fragrance. Yeah. Um, and, and also like opting for fragrance-free rather than unscented because unscented is actually a scent. So mm-hmm. if you choose unscented product, that will also contain phthalates. So that would be the first place I look. Also laundry detergent, now, you know, since COVID, people have been using a lot of all-purpose cleaner wipes. So whatever that you use it so often in large amount, that would be a place that I would start looking at. So anything scented, you know, your hand soap that you use often and also your hand sanitizer, like during COVID time, all-purpose cleaner, um, laundry detergent, dishwasher detergent, um, and shampoos. And then these like big things, I would definitely like swap it out if you have a product that have, you know, fragrance in it. Okay. So if someone flips over the back of their, um, their product, will it say phthalates or will it have different words for it? It will not, it will not say phthalates. It will say fragrance most of the time. So fragrance okay. is, it's a tricky term is actually many times a fragrance, it will be like a proprietary information. So manufacturer will never label phthalates in it, but phthalate is one of the major ingredients for making fragrance and fragrance can actually contain up to 3000 different chemicals. So whenever mm-hmm. you see fragrance, like ditch it. Okay. And now if a person's like, not into essential oils and stuff like that and they're like you know what i just gotta put a little bit of um cologne or perfume on is it okay for them to spray it on their clothes if it doesn't touch their skin or will it still kind of leach through it will still leach and other things you can um phthalates can also be in dust and also in air so mm-hmm. you know if you spray that perfume if it's on your skin obviously your skin will absorb it if it's on your clothes you will still smell it yeah. Um, so the recommendation is do not use it. Essential yes. oil is better. However, make sure that your you check with your whichever essential oil brand or product you buy. Make sure yeah. you check with the manufacturer because not all essential oils are actually created equal. Because you think about the process of how essential oil is being distilled. Um, if they are being manufactured in a facility that uses a lot of plastic thinking about that high temperature distilling the oil, if they use like plastic equipment for distilling that oil, then all these plastic plasticizer, including phthalates, BPA, and even other ones will leach into this product. And then you end up using this product and you just get exposed to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. if they're using, you know, food grade kind of processing, manufacturing process, um, their equipment are stainless steel, then you wouldn't have this kind of leaching. But obviously, it's not being tested. It's not being regulated. So it's kind of, um, unfortunately, it become uh, a burden to the consumers. If you're worried about it, then I would take the extra step to check with manufacturers what's their process. And then if the soil has been tested for, you know, besides, besides um, these chemicals, are they, have they been tested for heavy metal and other things? Mm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so much awareness happening right now. Okay. <laughs> I, I guess let's move on to the next um, chemical or toxic toxin that um, is in a lot of products as well too. So what are parabens and like, where are they found? How can they affect us? The same like one down. Yeah, paraben is also another uh, hormone disrupting chemical have been used really, really widely. They're kind of like a BPA. They have not been studied as well as the phthalates and BPA, but they have also been shown to to link to a lot of fertility issues and then anything disrupts, I mean, all the hormone disrupting issues that they have been linked to. Paraben actually have been used as widely used as a preservative in personal care product and even over the counter ornament. Um, if you think about 
you know, we have seen a lot of people using these hydrocortisol cream over the counter for their rash or for their eczema or other conditions. Almost across the board, all these hydrocortisol cream we have seen there's paraben in it used as a preservative. So in that case, you know, if you don't have to use it, try not to use it. But then for your regular product, make sure you opt in for paraben-free. Uh, paraben will actually be labeled um, in the back of the ingredient list as paraben. Sometimes you will see methylparaben or ethylparaben or even butylparaben. Like these, these words in front of paraben, it's just an um, a indication of how big, like how long the carbon chain is for this paraben molecule. But mm. not also not all parabens are created equal. So butylparaben, which is the longest chain, is actually way more toxic than the methylparaben. But the you know you sh whenever you see paraben in the ingredient label, ditch that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, this morning when I was on Instagram, I saw that I follow, you know, I follow all these health pages and they, someone did a TikTok video where there's this app. And I just discovered this app from this video where you can scan the back of your product and it tells you like the rundown of how hazardous the parabens, I guess all the, the details behind it. And this woman had scanned the back of the, um, of this ointment lotion that the doctor, her pediatrician. Mm -hmm told her to get for her child and then she was like oh my god like this is so bad for you and my doctor told me to get it for my child and this is cancerous and all this type of stuff behind it and it's just like wow like stuff and it, it's a very popular I'm not going to say the brand name but it's a very popular brand that I think most people if they are not equipped with the information of understanding about all of the stuff we're talking about today the brand is very popular. If you saw all the brands sitting there, you would pull this brand without even looking on the back of it or thinking like, is this good or not? You're going to say, this is the one to, to get because this is going to heal the, or, you know, the ointment that I need. And it's just crazy how, you know, all these trusted brands that, you know, we have started to trust as a society. Right. Really behind, <laughs> behind oh, absolutely. them. And absolutely. It, it, and then our doctors are also instructing us to go pick up these things. So it's like, we have to be equipped with our own information. Not saying the doctor was completely wrong by doing this, but we can't put all of our trust in, you know, in the outside world. We need to start to equip ourselves with the information so we can make the decision on what direction we want to go. Exactly. It's really unfortunate that in the medical school, doctors actually don't get trained on these so many of the doctors are actually not even aware. So, you know, we, we kind of like, as a medical system, we kind of just focus on disease treatment. We never really talk about prevention. We don't put enough emphasis on prevention. Mm -hmm. And in medical school, doctors don't actually even, they get like a one hour of class on nutrition. And we know how important nutrition is, right? Yeah. And then in, when it comes to environmental exposures, environmental toxins, they don't even get trained on. If someone wants to specialize this, they need to finish medical school, finish residency when they get to the fellowship stage and then they get trained in environmental medicine. And in most of the case, it's about occupational exposures and like high, really high dose exposures and, you know, at occupational setting rather than every day we're talking about these low dose exposure. You have to get exposed to a very tiny amount, but then you get exposed to day in and day out. So many of the doctors are actually don't even have this knowledge. So let alone they can't educate their, their patients. So it's just like a, a really unfortunate, there's a disconnect here. And then that's yeah. also, you know, part of our mission is to equip people with the knowledge and doing the education. So then, you know, we can take actions to prevent us from exposing to these things and eventually, you know, either optimize our health um, and even prevent you know, future disease from happening. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, you may get sick, you know, all of these things that we're talking about now, it's not an instant sickness. Right. <laughs> You're not going to like, you know, use the plastic wrap and it's like, oh my goodness, I'm having a <laughs> an attack or I have a rash. It's the slow buildup. And then right. all of a sudden, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you can't pinpoint why you are sick. Exactly. Um, 
So yeah, it's the prevention now with it. You know, I, I tell my kids a lot of times, like, you know, if you eat one donut, you're not going to see the effects of one donut. But if you eat one donut every day for right. three years, it's going to be, you, your, your system is going to be a completely different system by you exactly. just adding that one donut a day for X amount of years, you know? Yeah, that's such a great, that's a such a great analogy for, for these kind of exposures. Yes, these exposures are not going to kill you tomorrow and you might not feel any difference, but down the line, you know, over 10, 20 years, they're going to make a difference. They would have this cumulative impact on your body, on your cells. And, you know, they're already being studying showing these chemicals actually impact for generations. They actually transmit to the next and the next generation. So like your grandfather's exposure, your grandma's exposure will appear in you. And then your current exposure is going to appear in your grandkids. Mm. Okay. So the, yeah, so we, we got to save the future. <laughs> exactly. We have to save the future but now, you know, so just like, yeah. This but you know, sucks. we also don't want people to be super overwhelmed. Um, for the these chemicals are we also call them transient chemicals, meaning that you know, if you limit your exposure, your body will naturally get them out of your system. But the yeah. problem with people is that people don't pay attention, then you just get these repeated exposure at the same time that these chemicals are literally like everywhere. So we also don't want people to get overwhelmed. We want people to take small steps. Because when people become overwhelmed, stressed out, they just don't do anything. And stress obviously doesn't do any good to your body. So we mm -hmm. want, we really want people to take simple steps, start it with a few things that you can actually change to reduce your exposure. And then slowly you can add in more steps and then, you know, um, more behavior changes to eliminate more exposures. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we can't like, we, we have to be realistic. We're living in a world that's full of toxins and it's fine. <laughs> but whatever we can do, you know, to exactly. start, yeah, to start to slow down on it and you, we're just being mindful and bringing the weirdness behind it. So mm -hmm. you are 100% right. And stress is very important. So we don't want to, uh, you know, apply stress trying to take, stop using um, plastic wrap you know, <laughs> your stress is important. So your stress levels are important. So let's focus on that as well too, finding right. that balance. Um, so yeah, we, we definitely hit the heavy hitters where we talked about the BPA, the mm -hmm. um, phylates, the, the parabens, like what are some other toxic chemicals that, you know, we may not hear about as much in the mainstream, but we should definitely know about. Yeah, we kind of touched upon, you know, the BPA replacement, because obviously they're not labeled anywhere, BPS, BPF. So mm -hmm. this is, again, to emphasizing on eliminating uh, plastic exposures. And, um, and yeah, again, my, never microwave your, your, your plastic containers. And also you kind of touched upon that also not all plastic are created equal, right? If you can check out the, on the bottom of the recycling symbol. So they're usually labeled between one to seven. So one to five are generally better. And those one to five are also the ones that you can't actually recycle. And mm -hmm. if you see three, four, six, and seven, ditch those, particularly seven. Seven mm -hmm. will actually have both BPA, most likely will have both BPA and phthalates in them. Um, yeah. So again, that's another thing that we don't really talk about because people, you know, barely understand what all these recycling symbols are. Um, and yeah. then another kind of like a tip that we also kind of don't talk about when it comes to like serum wrap, we always recommend people to use a bee wax wrap. Um, mm -hmm. So that's like, again, it's bee wax won't have these plastic exposure and then you can reuse them over and over again. Um, so it's also, you, you know, you're not just doing something good for your own health but you're also actually creating a more sustainable environment because as we're already seeing, plastic is everywhere. It's polluting our ocean and it's polluting all the animals around us. And it's actually, you know, now we, you know, we talk about plastic. We didn't even touch upon like microplastic because we have so much plastic. These plastic become microplastic and nanoplastic that they become so small that they can really penetrate our body because there have been studies showing that 
we found like microplastic in placenta. We even found microplastic in people's brain. It's wow. it's pretty it's pretty scary, you know, in a sense because while we don't really know the exact impact of these microplastic or nanoplastic, but we know what is plastic made of, right? It's, it's these toxic chemicals that carried in microplastic or nanoplastic, and then imagine what it's gonna do in our placenta and in our brain. Wow. So that's just something you know to be aware of. That's why we want people to eliminate plastic exposure and plastic use, but also understand that we have such a complicated relationship with plastic, right? Like there's no way we can completely get rid of them because mm -hmm. they're so convenient everywhere, but you should just do what you can to use less. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bring, when you go to the grocery store to get your produce, try to bring your own bags or don't use the plastic bags that's there. And yeah, it's just being mindful, you know, everywhere that there's plastic, being mindful on how, what can you do? The man in the mirror, what can you do to, um, to help the process along? <laughs> right, right. Another chemical I kind of want to touch upon, maybe people have heard about is this chemical called PFAS. People might have heard about it in uh, in media, we call these chemicals, this class of chemical forever chemicals, because they just live in the environment for a long time. They also live in the body for a long time. You, you will always have harder time to get rid of them. But uh, this is a class of chemical appear in Teflon nonstick pans. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another thing that, you know, if you see their scratches, you know, nonstick pan, I would really suggest people to, um, change your pan, choose a ceramic pan, choose stainless steel, stainless steel or cast iron. Cast mm -hmm. iron will literally last you forever. Um, so it's a really good investment to get cast iron pan um, to use rather than these nonstick pan. While nonstick pan is, uh, is convenient, but you would have this potential exposure to PFAS. And there have been already a ton of studies showing, again, PFAS is not only it's a it's a hormone disrupting chemical. It's also carcinogen. It actually causes cancer. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Th thank you for um, bringing that to <laughs> to to our awareness. Um, now, like there's also, I feel like nonstick on other things too. I'm trying to think. I just um, like let's say your air fryer. Like right. I feel like tray may be nonstick. Should we be concerned about that? It's the same. Um, it's, it's the same. So now some of the manufacturer will say, again, like PFAS is kind of the similar story as BPA. They will say PFAS free. Um, but again, currently we don't have any regulation. If, if you use, if it's PFAS free, you don't know if a PFAS POS or other chemical like PFAS class free. Um, mm -hmm. So it's the best way is to avoid anything nonstick. Yeah. And PFAS also have been found in, in our water source. So another tip that we generally give people is uh, try to use a water filter. Any water filter is better than no water filter. But if you can get your hands on a, a, a reverse osmosis water filter, then that's kind of like a catch-all. So any PFAS or BPO phthalates in your water system, it will get it will get filtered out. Let's strip it down. <laughs> exactly. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, this was great. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. And again, us being aware of the nonstick pans. And sometimes you're like, oh, I can't stand when my eggs get stuck <laughs> or something like that. So, um, but yeah, just being mindful, being mindful. Um, okay. So let's, let's talk about Million, Million Marker. Like, um, this is your company. So let's let's find out like details. Like what is Million Marker? Like how does it work? You know, let's get the rundown. <laughs> Thank you. So um, uh, Million Marker, currently we're trying to provide direct-to-consumer tests. It's a mailing urine test. People can just order online on our website. Um, and we test for 13 chemical metabolite, including all the major ones that we talked about. So we test for BPA, BPA alternatives like BPS, BPF. We test for five of the phthalates, all four of the parabens. Uh, we also test another chemical called oxybenzone. So oxybenzone is another hormone disrupting chemical that's often used in sunscreens and sunblocks. Um, mm. Oxybenzone actually kills coral reef and then 
it has been banned in Hawaii, uh, but it's still in a, a ton of products. So we also test for that one, uh, a total of 13 chemical metabolites. And the process is pretty much like people can order a test kit online. We ask you to complete an exposure journal. This will allow us to pinpoint where your exposures are coming from um, mm -hmm. and to give you personalized feedback. Then we get your sample analyzed. Um, we let you know your levels, how you compare with our existing users, how you compare with the national average. So you will understand your level, whether your level is low, medium, or high. And then mm -hmm. we let you know exactly what you should do to reduce these levels. So then you can make changes whether you want to, you can come back and get tested again to confirm or to monitor. Um, so that's what we're providing. Oh, this is amazing. So now is it a urine test or a saliva test? It's a, it's a urine. So we ask people to pee in a cup when you first wake up in the morning and then send us your pee. Oh, okay. Now, well, uh, how often does the exposure change? Like, let's say Monday I pee and I, in the whole weekend, I was just exposed to toxins all over the place. And then Friday I pee and I've been working really clean. Um, will the pee be different or does the stuff stay in the system for like, you know, sometimes when you get blood work done, it's like, oh, we're, we're able to see the past six months or whatever it is. Right. So, um, so the pee will actually capture because these chemical actually supposed to um, you suppose if you eliminate the sources, right, you can get rid of them within 24 to 48 hours. That's how fast your body can metabolize. So uh, that's why we're trying to capture your exposures about 24 hours prior you sending us your pee sample. So we do suggest like choose a, you know, a normal day, not an episodic event day you know, that you submit your sample because it'll be, it'll be different depending on your exposure. The argument though, is that people don't change their exposure. I mean, change their behavior that often. Um, so if you have, you know, you always use the same shampoo, you use always same detergent, you eat similarly day in and day out, then your exposure will be pretty stable until you actually make that change to clean up some of your lifestyle. Then you will actually actually quite empowering to see your level drops when okay. you actually practice these um, healthy lifestyle strategies and, and practices. Okay. So, oh, this is good to know. So um, now we discussed how like, you know, with all of these chemicals or these toxins that we could be exposed to, how over time it can have effects on our body. Now, um, are there any effects with like the tests that you're doing, like do like like they're, they're working on our bodies, these toxins are giving us immediate like situations that we may be dealing with. I don't know, I'm making up something like if someone has a skin condition or a rash all the time, could like these um, doing this test kind of like pinpoint like, oh, you have that rash because you're being exposed to X, Y, and Z, you know, is it for stuff that's more like happening in with us today? I think if you, I mean, this is a, uh, the test captures your exposure, but linking your exposure to health outcome, we actually don't have a lot of that data. That's actually something that at Million Marker we're trying to work on. So we mm -hmm. have like decades, literally decades of study showing the association between exposure to these chemicals and to health outcome. However, they're not causal. So something that's associated with a health outcome doesn't mean it's causing it. And yeah. there's some issues there because we cannot possibly do a human study by exposing human to these chemicals and study yeah. what's going to happen because it would be unethical. Um, there have been a ton of animal rate studies showing that these causal impact. Um, however, because we have no, not, no human data, we can't really show. So it's really mm -hmm. hard to do that. But what at Miller Marker, what we're trying to work on is, can we show this reverse causation? So, you know, by detoxing people, can we actually improve their clinical outcome? So that's something that we're trying to show. But currently it's a limitation on the science that we cannot tell whether immediate exposure to these chemicals will be causing some kind of health condition. There have been some occupational studies showing that super high exposure to some of these chemicals that cause impact. 
but that would be at exposure that that's not our normal day exposure. Our normal okay. day exposures are fairly low. Okay, but this but the test is amazing because it's now bringing awareness to the stuff that we're using every day, like you said, the shampoo, the lotions, and so on. And then if we see that in these areas that um, the numbers are very high, um, then what happens? So we get our test back and, and our numbers are like high in one area and it's like, okay, my numbers are really high here. Do they come back to you for the next step or do they just take this information and say, oh, my numbers are high? <laughs> Yeah, so we actually, so one limitation, you know, with other, some of the other direct-to-consumer testing, like you, if you test your genetics, right, there's nothing you can do about it. That's just information for you. But for mm. these kind of environmental exposure tests, like our goal is to provide actionable insight to people so then you can do something about it. We don't mm. want people just like stuck there. Okay, so what, what's the next step? So we actually want to provide you the information that exactly what you can do to bring down these levels. Okay, so um, do they reach out to, so they get their test results back, do they reach out to you or you guys do a follow-up call or follow-up email? Yes, app? we, if people want, we go through their report with them in person. So we provide additional counseling sessions if people want to have that, or they can, the, the report itself is pretty self-explanatory. We provide a lot of resources if you want to learn more. For example, some of the we actually like audit your lifestyle. We audit all the products that they're using. With the feedback we provide is not only if this product has any of the, the uh, chemicals that we're testing, um, that because there are so many other problematic ingredients and, and chemicals out there, we also let you know that what are other things that we're not screening, but also problematic in your products. So next time when you buy something, then opt out for these additional chemicals as well. Because one thing we think where the value of for the testing is, even if you audit, you know, even if you check your ingredient diligently all the time, there will be cases that many times that it's not labeled anywhere. You just don't mm -hmm. know until you test. The yeah. other thing is like, even if people practice these things, they still don't know. Sometimes they would be exposed and that to some things that they don't know. And then for people who don't have this, you know, information, don't even read label then revealing what's inside of you will give you the kind of the trigger to start thinking about, hey, I got to do something about it. Because if you don't know, then you just don't act on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just bringing so much awareness um, when you know something. Because like we said, we may not feel or see the, you know, the impact now, but you know, prevention is definitely key in this situation. Right. Um, yeah, so now a person may be sitting here saying, oh, can I go to my doctor and get this test done? So currently, um, it's not order, you cannot order through your doctor um, because, well, that, this is kind of echoing back that, that the doctors are many times are not even equipped with knowledge. However, you take, if you take the test, you can bring your report to the doctor. So then maybe one, maybe your doctor know. And the second is maybe you can even get your doctor educated. And currently our, our test is, uh, you know, category, uh, categorized as a wellness test. So it's not a diagnostic test. Um, unfortunately, right now it's not reimbursable by insurance, but you can check with your FSA, HSA providers whether this could be uh, reimbursed by them. But currently it's a wellness test. Um, our goal though is hoping one day this could, the test could become a routine screening. You know, you go into your annual checkup or mm -hmm. even kind of like your biannual teeth cleaning. We felt that this is, a great way for people to keep their health in check. Because a lot of it, if you think about exposure, it's the product you're using, but also from your food. So if you eat a lot of packaged food, you will have more exposure to these chemicals. So if you practice healthy lifestyle, decreasing your body burden, actually you're probably doing things right, that you're eating well, you're exercising because sweating can also get you, help you detox out by sweating to detox out these toxins. At the same time, you're using great product. Again, it's not just good for your health. You actually, by using good product, you're actually voting with your dollars to create a more sustainable environment for the generations to come. Yeah. Um, 
you know what? And wellness is so important. So it's like, that's where the investment truly, really has to um, go. Like, you know, with making this, like just starting off with our um, food, making that decision, you know, like you said, like, do I go for the packaged food or do I go ahead and buy this organic apple? You know, like it's, it's the impact over time will definitely make a true, true difference in making that investment into ourselves. So sometimes we may think we can invest in, um, you know, doing our fingernails and getting me pedicure <laughs> and, and stuff like that. And which is um, sometimes it, it, it's very temporary, it's, you know, great your manicure and pedicure is done for two weeks but having access to this information is like a lifetime like you know it's a lifetime because you're educating yourself and building on yourself to have more understanding so um wellness isn't is important I feel like they should have an insurance plan for wellness so people could be more like pushed to like say okay I'm gonna go ahead for it it's under my it's under my plan so I can go ahead and get tested done a hundred, a hundred percent. And then, you know, this wellness also tied to, you know, disease prevention, right? When you get sick, it's not just you feeling shitty. <laughs> like you would have like a pretty low quality of life. And, you know, when we talk about quality of life, you know, you're also not just impacting yourself when you get sick, you're going to put burden on your family, on your close partners and your children. Everybody will be impacted. So, you know, by investing in yourself, in your wellness, you're also doing good to everyone around you. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a quote that I love that it's, um, let food be thy medicine and let thy medicine be food. So it's like, again, realizing where to put that investment of like, you know, and it's not necessarily about the testing, but just understanding, right. you know, cause we're just like, we're in a fast, um, fast food culture. And it's just like, we just want everything quick and just instant instead of like investing into, you know, let me buy and cook my food and, and prepare my food instead of just being, oh, let me drive through somewhere really quickly and not realizing it may have satisfied you in that moment. But over time, we, we, you know, we will start to feel the effects of living that lifestyle. Um, right. Okay. So, so this is great. We got the information we know, like, so now we get the, the reports. Are the reports easy for the average American to read? That's our goal that we're trying to make the report really easy to read. Um, the report currently, the status though, because we're a startup, we haven't been around for a long time. Uh, our report is still a bit long. So we're actually in the process of making our almost the seventh revision on the report to get a summary to people. What are your top things that you need to do? Then you can dive into the detailed report. Some of our reports are quite long depending on you know, how many product people submit, what's their lifestyle look like, how much detailed information that we need to provide to them. But I would say it's pretty easy to read because that's our goal to make the scientific information easily digestible. Mm -hmm. Because if it's not readable or if it's not, you know, easy to read by people, then how are we expecting them to understand and to take action? Mm -hmm. And like you said earlier too, if someone does want to go deeper and start to understand it more, you guys are available to go through the report with them. Absolutely. I mean, our goal here is that is to provide you the information. You know, you don't have to buy a test, right? Even if you are already practicing, but the, the key point is that the test can be used as a trigger to get you started on this journey, but also understand your body, like how you process, because everybody is different. I could be, uh, you know, I could be, I could be not detoxing as fast as other people. So mm-hmm. by understanding your body, then it gives you an idea of how you actually detoxing these things out. Are you a fast detoxer or are you a slow? If you're slow, then by all means, I should have even less exposure compared to someone who can just detox out really fast. Oh yeah, that's a good point because someone you can you can have a family of four in the same household doing the same practices but everyone's report may be different because the exactly acts to you know every everyone's body reacts to things differently so that was a good point to um bring up so one person right. may be like oh i gotta eliminate this completely out of my life but 
the other person may be able to still keep it in and out their lives. Right. Um, okay, so how accurate are their reports? We do, it's really accurate. Uh, well, we keep really, our laboratory keeps the really good QA uh, quality assurance and quality control. So we always run standards uh, side by side. So there's a pretty complicated process to making sure the results are accurate. Okay, so that's great to hear that the reports are, um, are accurate. Um, okay, okay, I'm learning, learning so much. So who do you suggest get a million marker test done? Like what, what are the different type of people that you say, okay, you're, you're having trouble here, definitely get this on test done. We think overall, everyone should get the test done because <laughs> this is sort of a, like a lifelong approach, right? You need to be thinking about not exposing yourself to these things literally throughout your entire life. Um, mm -hmm. However, there are priority kind of population segment. We think people who are trying to conceive, who are pregnant, staying pregnant, postpartum young parents, I think these are also the really priority populations because the developmental timing really matters. That meaning the younger you get exposed to, the potential detrimental impact it could have. So we think, you know, for expecting parents, like people who are trying to conceive, this is a really good time to start detoxing. As we already know that these chemicals can pass through placental barriers impacting your sperm cells and your, your, your egg. So starting this time is like, you're not only creating a great environment for your unborn children, um, as they grow, um, they will also learn this, you know, lifestyle practice. So it's like a really nice, I think we think that's, that's where you get the biggest bang for your bucks. Um, also thinking about, you know, as related to this developmental timing and then as related to any time when you have hormone shifts. So, mm -hmm children really matters adolescent really matters menopause really matters because this is where you have all your hormone changes but overall yeah. we think everybody needs needs to know what's their body's burden is like and start practicing these healthy lifestyle behaviors mm, i like that you said where their body's burden is at <laughs> um yeah yeah you're right like every, every single one of us needs to know what's going on <laughs> um so Okay. So is there anything else that we should need to know about million marker and, you know, how can we get our hands on it? But like, you know, I, I know we covered a lot in this episode, but like <laughs> is there anything else you need to like say, girl, we need to know this. Yeah. So we're really passionate about education. We want everybody to have this information. So we have a ton of resources on our website. We have published uh, pregnancy and fertility hub of content that's like over 80 articles easily digestible articles with really actionable insight that people can read about we have curated a list of approved products that we delve into the manufacturing process or the ingredients so that everyday consumers you don't have to do the homework you can just check out what what's a safe product and start thinking about what you can swap out uh, we also have put together a chemical glossary. So if you want to learn more about specific chemicals and what is, what's the health impact and what's the latest literature on these chemicals that has been published, we also have that resource. Um, and mm -hmm. lastly, we're pretty active on social. We're active on Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn. You can find us. Uh, again, education is the key. So we oftentimes will have different guests to talk, come on Instagram live to talk about different wellness strategies and then what you can do. We'll also do a lot of product comparison because not all products are created equal. We know there's some really green product we endorse. There are also, you know, not super, not the, the, the greenest one, but at least they have less toxin compared to the horrible ones. So we mm -hmm. do a lot of product comparison and people often find that to be useful to have that information. So um, definitely check us out. Okay, thank you for um, bringing awareness that your your website is definitely a place for resources and information. Um, so that's good to know. You know, so if people want to keep digging deeper, and like I said to you at the beginning of the podcast, I think before we start recording, you know, when um, 
when you know better, you do better. So you have the right. opportunity to do better. Um, so yeah, just getting the information and understanding. Cause like I said, I was, I was clueless for um, pushing over 40 years of my life on different things, you know? Um, but now awareness is happening and that's why I'm here. I want to, I want to share what I'm learning and I'm learning and, and I want to, I don't want to keep it a secret. I want us all to, um, understand and grow together with this information. Um, so, oh my goodness, you have been nothing but pure amazingness, like so much great information. And I thank you, thank you, thank you for this. No, we're uh, totally on the same page about getting this information out. Yes. <laughs> so before I actually let you go, I would love for you to share with the audience, like what does becoming unique mean to you? Um, really love this. I, I said in the beginning, really love the title of this podcast, you know, becoming unique. And I think to me, it's like understanding your own body and then be comfortable with her. That's really important. Mm -hmm. And, you know, understanding your body is also both like inside and out, right? Understanding what's happening inside, but also be really comfortable outside. Mm, okay. I love that. Loving your body and being comfortable with it inside and out. And I'm glad that you made a point to inside and out. Um, because, you know, in the culture that we live in, it's like so much focus on the exterior, but being comfortable with what's going on with the inside of your body is key, key, key too. And I'm so happy that you made that clear. That was such a beautiful response. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and thank you for asking this question. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jenna. You are beyond informative, amazing. And I thank you so much for coming on to the Becoming Unique podcast. Thank you to the to you guys for listening to this podcast in its entirety. So in the show details, I have Pemillion Markers information. They have an app and the app is amazing because it gives you some informative information about the different stuff we talked about today. So you can go over there for a reference guide. And, you know, if you go ahead and add add the um, test to your lifestyle, you will also have supporting elements within the app with journaling and so on. So go check it out. Go check out Million Marker. Get your test done. See what your status is. And yeah, thank you for tuning into the Becoming Unique podcast. And I will see you guys around on the next go around. 